It's three o'clock in the morning when you arrive at the home of a 36-year-old woman complaining of a headache. She tells you that the pain woke her up and over-the-counter pain medication just doesn't seem to be helping. She also tells you that she had a baby five days ago. Your BLS ambulance has just arrived on scene. You obtain vital signs and they are blood pressure, 152 over 100, heart rate, 76, respirations, 16, oxygen saturation, 98% on room air. Other than the headache, she has no other complaints. Your partner tells the ambulance crew that the patient can go BLS to the nearby community hospital. You're listening to 911Cast, the no-nonsense EMS podcast. This episode is brought to you by Madison Programs, a Brooklyn-based medical training and consulting company with over 20 years of experience specializing in emergency medical continuing education and AHA certification classes like CPR and first aid for community members and professionals. For more information, email madisonprograms at aol.com. I'm Scott Topiel, and this week, it's all about preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is a pregnancy-related hypertensive disorder. It has also been called a disease of theories because, despite a number of pretty good theories, we still don't fully understand how it happens. What we do know is that preeclampsia affects about 5% of pregnancies worldwide, and, along with its sibling eclampsia, is responsible for some 15% of pregnancy-related deaths. Preeclampsia is defined as new-onset hypertension after the 20th week of pregnancy with a systolic blood pressure of 140 or higher or a diastolic blood pressure of 90 or higher together with the presence of protein in the urine or signs of organ dysfunction. It's also important to know that preeclampsia can develop up to 6 weeks after giving birth. As the condition progresses, generalized seizures can occur. The presence of these seizures is called eclampsia. In addition to seizures, preeclampsia can lead to other life-threatening conditions like placental abruption, acute kidney injury, hemorrhagic stroke, liver failure or rupture, pulmonary edema, and cardiac failure. But it isn't just the mother that's at risk. The unborn child can suffer from growth restriction, inadequate amniotic fluid supply, and prematurity. Some things that increase the possibility of developing preeclampsia include a previous history or a close family history of preeclampsia, diabetes, chronic hypertension, being overweight, chronic kidney disease, expecting more than one baby, being 35 years of age or older, and first-time pregnancy. At this point, you're probably thinking, okay, I get that this is a big deal, but how do I identify and treat it in the field? Well, obviously, you're not going to be able to check for protein in your patient's urine, but you can certainly check a blood pressure and be on the lookout for signs of organ dysfunction. First, in order for your patient to be preeclamptic, she has to be hypertensive. Remember, that's a systolic blood pressure of 140 or higher or a diastolic blood pressure of 90 or higher in a woman that wasn't hypertensive before pregnancy. So what about a patient that does have a history of hypertension? In that case, you'll want to ask her if her current blood pressure is higher than what's normal for her. If it is, then she's at risk for preeclampsia. Once you've established that your patient is hypertensive, 
assess carefully for signs of organ dysfunction. Epigastric, that is upper abdominal pain or retrosternal pain that's behind the breastbone, is one sign of organ dysfunction. It's usually described as severe and constant and often occurs at night. Sometimes it's associated with nausea and vomiting. Sometimes it radiates, but it doesn't have to. Acute upper right quadrant abdominal pain is also a sign of severe organ dysfunction, as it can indicate that the liver has begun to hemorrhage or has ruptured. You might think that nausea and abdominal discomfort are normal in pregnancy, but these are more common during the first trimester when hormone levels are changing rapidly. By the third trimester, when preeclampsia develops, morning sickness should already be long gone. Headache is another concerning symptom. You should be especially concerned about a severe headache that doesn't get better after the patient has taken over-the-counter pain relievers. And if your patient says the magic words, worst headache of my life, take it seriously. She might be experiencing a cerebral hemorrhage. Another sign of organ dysfunction are visual changes. These changes might include things like blurred vision, seeing sparks or flashing lights, dark areas or gaps in vision, or blindness in one or both eyes, even if it's just temporary. Pulmonary edema can also occur and is yet another sign of organ dysfunction. In addition to auscultating lung sounds, consider the possibility of pulmonary involvement if your patient reports dyspnea or shortness of breath, chest pain, or if their oxygen saturation is less than 94% on room air. You'll also want to be on the lookout for edema. Don't get fooled into assuming that your hypertensive pregnant patient's swelling is normal because she's pregnant. Pregnancy-related swelling does occur, but it's usually limited to low areas like the feet or ankles. Severe preeclampsia causes swelling in non-dependent areas like the hands and face. It's also a good idea to ask about any recent rapid weight gain. Normal pregnancy weight gain occurs gradually. If your patient is hypertensive and reports gaining a significant amount of weight over the past few days, this could be a sign of something serious. Once you recognize that your pregnant or recently pregnant patient's blood pressure meets the criteria for preeclampsia, you'll want to monitor her closely. Even if she seems stable, keep in mind that as many as 1 in 50 women with preeclampsia will develop eclamptic seizures. These seizures are not only dangerous for mom, but for her unborn child as well, as they can lead to hypoxia and aspiration. It's my recommendation that you provide ALS transport to the hospital whenever you suspect preeclampsia in the event that your patient's condition deteriorates unexpectedly. Depending on your local protocols, patients with suspected preeclampsia should be transported to a hospital with perinatal services, even if they've already delivered their baby. Should your patient develop seizures, begin treating as you would any seizure patient by protecting her from accidental injury and ensuring that she maintains a patent airway, provide supplemental oxygen, and protect against aspiration. While you're probably used to giving a benzodiazepine like midazolam to treat actively seizing patients, the first-line treatment for eclampsia in many systems is magnesium sulfate. In the presence of active eclamptic seizures, it's common to administer 4 to 6 grams of magnesium sulfate, IV, over about 5 to 10 minutes. Of course, as always, follow your local protocols for specific dosing and administration. If you happen to practice in a system that does not include magnesium sulfate, 
you'll likely follow your standard seizure treatment protocols. While most literature favors the use of magnesium, even in the pre-hospital environment, you can still administer benzos to these patients. Let's return to your early morning headache call. As the BLS crew assists your patient onto the gurney, you tell them that you'll accompany them for an ALS transport to the perinatal center a little farther away. Your partner gives you a confused look and says, are you sure? It's just a headache. As you walk to the ambulance, you tell your partner that you're concerned that the patient's high blood pressure and headache, combined with the fact that she just gave birth five days ago, might mean that she's developed preeclampsia. Knowing that her headache suggests that she's already experiencing organ dysfunction, you recognize that she is at increased risk of having an eclamptic seizure on the way to the hospital. You monitor her closely during a thankfully uneventful transport. Your patient is admitted with a diagnosis of delayed onset preeclampsia and is discharged a few days later. Preeclampsia is a dangerous hypertensive condition related to pregnancy that can lead to life-threatening complications, including seizure, stroke, and cardiac failure. Hypertension that develops after the 20th week of gestation or up to six weeks postpartum can indicate the presence of preeclampsia. When this hypertension is combined with signs of organ dysfunction, such as headache, abdominal pain, visual changes, or edema, the risk of these life-threatening complications increases. Recognizing the signs of preeclampsia, providing close monitoring, and being prepared to treat eclamptic seizures should they occur can significantly improve your patients and their babies' chances of survival. That's it for this episode of 911Cast. We'd like to thank our founding sponsor, OneKit, makers of high-quality first aid kits. Check out their products at buyonekit.com. That's B-U-Y-O-N-E-Kit.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening.